The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to hour number two, 501, your kickoff time. I'm Andre Salveson. Welcome to the Full Court Press. Happy Monday to you. Hope, you're, uh, hope yours is going well. Beautiful day outside. Thanks for tuning in on 106.9 The Fan, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, and 106.9thefan.com. Uh, we're going to get through quite a few things here. I need to get off to our pick six. I don't want to, but I'm going to, which means one thing. Uh, you know how our pick six worked? Eric gets three lines. I get three lines, and we go over-unders, yes or no's, in-betweens, whatever you want to do on our, on our uh, pick six lines. And so... Uh, Scabby versus Mountain Crest. Uh, over under, Scabby by ten and a half. We both took the over. Scabby twenty nine. Uh, passing yards. Sorry, Scabby beat Mountain Crest twenty nine nothing. Uh, who will have more passing yards, Rogers or Breeze? I took Rogers. Eric took Drew Breeze. Rodgers lost by five, 288 to 283. Breeze beaten by just five yards. Jamal Murray, points in game five, 25 and a half was the line. I took the over, Eric took the under. He had 19. Jamal Murray sucks so bad. It's horrible. Uh, Army rushing yards at Cincinnati, 212 and a half. I took the under, Eric took the over, 182 yards. So at this point, Eric's up 3-1. And you come back from a 3-1 deficit. Uh, Texas at Texas Tech. Texas Tech falls to Texas in overtime, 63-56. The line was 17.5 favoring Texas. We all took the under. So it's 4-2, right? 1-2-3. Oh, it's 4-3, sorry. Yeah, it's 4-3 at this point. And Zach Wilson passing yards, we had the line at two, 205.5. We both took the over. Zach had 392 yards. And then the tiebreaker, if we needed it, was who gets their first win, Georgia State or Charlotte. Eric picked for me Charlotte, and then Eric picked for himself Georgia State. He forgot to set a tiebreaker, so he picks his own tiebreaker, which means if he would have won, I would have I would have been absolutely... I went... I would have filed a lawsuit. That's what I would have done. I would have filed a lawsuit. Pick up that crap. Uh, just a reminder, the high school football schedule is going to look like this. Bear River uh, will get Mountain Crest at Mountain Crest. Uh, I'll be calling that game with Matt Adams this Friday night. AJ will be out, so I'll be calling the game. Look forward to that. Uh, Skyview will be hosting Logan. Green Canyon hosts Ridgeline. Uh, and then Westside, by the way, and uh, big thanks to 9835. Uh, Westside is off next week. They do not have a bye this week. They're off next week. They're at Soda Springs this week. Box Sellers got uh, Woods Cross, and Rich has got Enterprise. So a big thanks to them. Uh, for uh, those who are helping out with the Idaho side of football things, again, Westside is not off this week. They're off next week. They got. Uh, Soda Springs at Soda Springs uh, this week. 
All right. Uh, you all know what time it is. Let's see here. I'm going to do some math, if I may. And yes, we're going to need to. So here's what's going on. Eric is gone in southern Utah for today and tomorrow for some business. So Eric joined me earlier this morning, and we recorded two segments. Uh, one was about the uh, NBA, and the second was about the MLB playoffs. That's all coming up tomorrow. The MLB playoffs start at 12 o'clock afternoon game. Uh, MLB, or excuse me, NBA finals start on Wednesday night. So we got into the NBA finals first. We talked about the NBA uh, Western and Eastern Conference finals, what we saw, and got into a little bit of a preview before we really deve, deve, dive deeper in uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, to the Heat and Lakers NBA Finals Game 1 matchup. Uh, so we'll start off with MLB. But first, and of course, you're all waiting for this. Now, give me a sec because my I'm solo here, so it's going to take me just a sec to answer the phone. The old gristmill bread and butter play of the game. What was it? Call in at 435-752-1069 to tell me what was the bread and butter play of the game to win four loaves of old gristmill bread. And I'll turn the time over to uh, myself and Eric Franson as we discuss with you NBA Finals and MLB Playoffs. Again, call up 435-752-1069 and tell me what the old gristmill bread and butter play of the game was uh, in Skyview's win over the Mountain Crest Mustangs. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. All right, welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franton, AJ Salveson, 106 and the fan. Thanks for joining us, however and wherever you're doing so. I hope your Monday evening is treating you delightfully. Uh, I'll tell you whose evenings are delightful with a nice glass of wine and getting ready for the NBA Finals preview, or I guess NBA Finals matchup, Heat and Lakers. This has so many juicy storylines to it, Eric. It is unbelievable. Uh, you look at a guy in LeBron James who went to the Heat, left the Cavaliers, went to the Heat, as they, they call his college time, if you want to call it that, and spent four great years with the Heat in Miami, where he went to four straight uh, championships and, you know, with a uh, started with the loss to the Mavericks, back-to-back wins versus the Thunder and Spurs, and then closed it out with another loss to the Spurs. And then after that, James decided he wanted to leave, and that irked Pat Riley a lot. For so many reasons, but especially the fact of he wanted to see a dynasty grow there, and he felt like he hadn't seen it yet with him, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. So he goes back to Cleveland. Pat Riley tells him, supposedly over a phone call, it's the biggest, biggest mistake you'll ever make. So what does LeBron do? He goes and wins a championship in Cleveland. And now he's in L.A., again, living on the West Coast, living the dream, went alongside Anthony Davis. Uh, this... This Heat-Lakers matchup, I think, is a lot better than people are thinking. Oh, it's juicy. Uh, these are the two best teams in basketball playing each other for the title. Uh, does it have the history of a potential Lakers-Celtics? No. Uh, is it number one versus number one? No. But it's the it's the best two teams playing basketball right now. Miami has been on a tear in the, in the playoffs. Uh, the Lakers... They have taken care of business. They have not had long series. Uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis are enough for the Lakers. At least they have been. The question is, will they continue to be? 
uh, th- one of the, the doubts about this the Lakers team is who's that reliable third guy, and it hasn't been a reliable third guy. I mean, they've had a, a third person, and that's a different person almost every game, which I guess is a benefit for the Lakers. But there's been a lot of games too where it's it's LeBron and Anthony playing elite basketball, and then a lot of average play from a lot of other guys. But it's been enough um, for the Lakers squad. Will it be enough against? This Miami team, which has beat a lot of odds, defied a lot of expectations, and is playing some outstanding basketball right now. Like gone through a really good, which we thought was going to be a really good Milwaukee team, took care of them pretty handily. Took care of a Boston team that's full of all-stars and young rising stars, pretty much took care of them as well. Uh, and this Miami team, it's hard to, to count them out after what they've gone through in the Eastern Conference. They've had a pretty tough road. It's not like playing in the East has just been this cakewalk, which sometimes it can be. <laughs> this Miami team has beaten some of the best teams in the NBA to get here. Yeah, so let's start with how they got here. We'll just look at the closeout games really quickly. Boston uh, Boston falls to Miami Heat 125-113. Miami wins that series four games to two. Bam Bam was absolutely phenomenal, Eric. 32 points. He had 14 boards, five assists, one steal, and uh, no blocks, but he was 10-11 from the charity stripe, 11 of 15 from the field. Jimmy Butler in 39 minutes, 8-19 from the field. He had 22 on a plus-18 mark with uh, eight assists. Uh, just, again, as you talked about it, you had a good starting lineup and you had good bench production, especially from Iggy, who's now going to his sixth straight consecutive NBA Finals. That's nuts to me. Uh, and then Tyler Harrow, just being Tyler Harrow again, 19 points on 8 of 13 shooting. Iggy was 5 of 5 from the field. They've got plenty of support outside of the starting lineup, Eric. Well, with Andre Iguodala, which has been interesting, he's been pretty quiet. He hasn't he hasn't been that dominant in the playoffs. Uh, but he knew it was a closeout game <laughs> to get him to the finals. He had his best game in the bubble last night. He was a plus 20. He was phenomenal for the Miami Heat. Uh, he was perfect from the field. From the field, He was perfect at the charity stripe. No, excuse me, he's one of two from the free throw line, but he's perfect from beyond the arc. Um, grabbing rebounds, great defense, just an agitator. Yeah, <laughs> on that's defense. a great way to put it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, doing what needed to be done to help get his team a win, playing quality minutes off the bench. Uh, so is he going to be like that through the, the through the finals? I don't know. Uh, it's hard to know. No travel. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a little bit different deal. They're going to have a little bit of break here between now that the uh, the conference finals are done and before we go to the NBA finals. Andre Iguodala could be that guy. He may have a game like this or, or two in the finals, but for all intents and purposes, it's it's the other guys the, um, that are going to come through for Miami. Uh, that I would expect to come through. But Andre Iguodala, he has that playoff and finals experience and intensity. He knows how to take it to the next level. And so uh, w- with the, a roster that's sprinkled with some veteran leadership and some young talent, uh, he's definitely a guy that that knows what it takes to play against LeBron James specifically and to bring your game to another level when it comes to the NBA Finals. You, you bring up a couple of really solid points. Uh, again, I want to... Uh, just kind of recap their playoff. They beat the Pacers, you mentioned, with Old Depot, four games to nil. Uh, they beat the Milwaukee Bucks in impressive fashion, four games to one, and really, for the most part, dominated the Boston Celtics, four games to two. And you, Eric Spolstra is never going to get enough credit for what he's done this year, ever, 
going to get enough credit for what he's done. You think about it. Duncan Robinson, I believe, is undrafted. They pick up Tyler Hero. They were able to get Iggy to come to Miami. They uh, they lock in. Well, they Jimmy made an Bu- in, yeah, in-season trade to get uh, Jay Crowder. Yeah. And then you look at Jimmy Butler, who is this known to be diva in Chicago and in Philadelphia where things went absolutely sideways. A good player, but somebody who blows up locker rooms and he, creates drama. He then says before his, or as he arrives to Miami, I just want to be known as, or I want to be able to know that I'm cared about as a basketball player. Eric Spolster goes in there and treats him like the king that he wants to be treated as, uh, gives him the touches, allows him to feel valuable on the defensive side of the ball with a lot of help around him. I thought Goran Drogic has been wonderful for the Heat. Uh, Of course, Bam Bam, Tyler, he's got all the help he needs around him which has been massive. The other thing is you talk about the defensive side of the ball. They're aggressive. They are physical. One thing LeBron doesn't handle well is physical defense, especially when it's uh, one certain you know defender locked on you. Jimmy Butler, honestly, in those two games in the, in the regular season, I thought was really good against LeBron James simply because he was willing to beat him up and that it tired out LeBron James so much. Now, the other key to it, Eric, is that they play a zone defense. They've been mixing in the zone defense. It locked down Boston horribly. I mean, it scared away Jason Tatum. It, it uh, shied away Gordon Hayward. And honestly, that Boston Celtics off- offense just disappeared when they've been so lethal throughout the playoffs. Do you think the same thing can, can happen with the Lakers on the zone defense, or is it too talented that they can't break it down? Well, the, the biggest the biggest question, Mark, in, that, in this series for the finals is, what can Miami do against Anthony Davis? Mm-hmm. I think they have answers everywhere else, but what can they do against Anthony Davis? They don't have that. Uh, as as great as Bam Adebayo has been, he'll probably think- draw that defensive assignment, but... Uh, Anthony Davis can still go over the top of it, but the physical again, the physical portion of this defense is what's given what gave Boston so many troubles. You feel like LA can handle that? That physical body beating you up, don't care. We're gonna just. <laughs> I mean, you might see bodies hit the floor a couple of times. You might even see a couple of flagrant fouls. I certainly think this Miami defense would be the most aggressive that Miami, or excuse me, that Los Angeles has faced in these playoffs. Uh, Portland. Not really that aggressive no, heavens, defensively. No. Houston, absolutely not. <laughs> um, and Denver had its moments, but they weren't known as a physical de- defensive team. And I think they just team. got tired, too. I mean, the clo- I mean, the more the season, the series kind of lingered on. You could tell by Game 5, Denver was exhausted. No, they played more games on than anybody. Jello. Yeah, 19 games, by the way, since August 25th. The other thing you bring out, and I love, actually, you know, you, you kind of proved your point right by this stat. The Lakers are number one. In points per miss, the Heat are number four in points per miss, according to Cleaning the Glass. Uh, so not only are they just not leading the field, they're also lapping everybody else while they're going around it. Uh, their average miss has generated 0.23 points further ahead of second place Dallas, who is at 0.19. Uh, they can clean the glass and they can out rebounding because they have guys, everybody except for maybe the guard is at the glass cleaning something. And I think that's what might, and as you mentioned, that might is what give Heat some trouble if they can't get, or excuse me, if the Lakers can get second chance points. Well, that's definitely one thing that LA has going for them. Besides Anthony Davis, they have Dwight Howard, they have Javel McGee. They've got some real size that they can throw at you. Uh, the Heat, they do have, they they can be physical and aggressive defensively, but I don't really see that size. I mean, uh, Kelly Olynyk, he didn't even play last night. Miles Leonard is he even healthy. I don't yeah. even. I don't know if he's even played at all. So um, this this Miami team has relied heavily on Bam Adebayo 
to get the job done in the paint. Um, but you know, they they don't really have that size to 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 uh, contend um, with the Lakers. And Bam Bam is averaging just over 11 rebounds in the playoffs. That's fifth in the NBA. Uh, and it's the best among remaining players. But, again, as you mentioned, Davis gets a lot of help at the rim. Uh, the Heat right now ranked number one uh, in the playoff bubble. In the playoff portion of the ranked number one in offensive rebounding. That's going to be something to watch out for. And then, of course, on the uh, Lakers side of things, we all know the drill. The Lakers pretty much were parallel in the first two rounds where they lost game one but then just dominated the next four games onto series wins. And then, of course, they got to Denver, the Cinderella of the whole thing. They were the darling uh, as far as we know it, but they just wore out the Denver Nuggets and in Game 5 win it 117-107. Uh, Anthony Davis was phenomenal, 27 points, set of 16 from the field. LeBron James, just LeBron James. I don't know, I just keep running out of adjectives about this guy. 38 points, 16 boards, 10 assists, another triple-double for the man. Well, I think the biggest thing about LeBron is in back-to-back games late and mostly just much of the fourth quarter, he picked up Jamal Murray defensively. Personally, yeah. he took that as his personal challenge and shut him down and really uh, eliminated Jamal Murray from the equation for Denver. And uh, he, they knew, the Lakers knew, uh, look, we're not going to extend this series because this Denver team gets better and better the longer <laughs> they go. So they knew they had to close it out. And LeBron took it upon himself personally, defensively, and uh, totally eliminated Jamal Murray. Murray was like, was it game four or five that he was totally scoreless in the fourth quarter? Game five. So, um, LeBron has that ability to turn it on when necessary. I mean, he's he's getting up there in age, but he's you still notice, an, right? an incredible athlete. He's becoming more choosy about when he really dials it up. And when he does dial it up, he's still elite-level basketball, offensively and defensively. Speaking of vintage elite basketball, how about Dwight Howard? He uh Dwight took over for with the first unit at halftime of Game 3, and since then he started the next two games. Eric, he's averaging 10.5 points on 80% shooting, 10 boards, 1 block uh, on the closeout game. Dwight Howard, when he, when it's 2009 Dwight Howard, defensively he's a menace, but offensively I thought he was totally locked in, and that was a big difference for the Lakers. Yeah, they've rolled back the clock on this guy. He's rediscovered himself. It's not all on his broad shoulders. Uh, he can go out there and have fun. Uh, he can be the heel, and he's okay with that. Where before he used to have such a nice guy image, he didn't like being the the bad guy. But uh, he's he's matured. He doesn't have to carry the weight. He's got Anthony Davis and LeBron James to take care of that, and he can just go out there and and play ball. And uh, he's still a physical specimen. Maybe not as much hops as he used to have, but that's a that's going to be a real big thing in Los Angeles's corners. Just the sheer size that they have in the post to control rebounds, second-chance opportunities, and that could be the real difference in this series between them and Miami. But the thing with the Heat is, on the flip side, is that they have so many different ways that they can come at you. Um, Denver tried that, but usually, really pretty much it was a two-man game. It was Jokic and Murray. Um, with, With Denver, or excuse me, with Houston, it was... Anybody beyond the three-point line, it was going to be James Harden. Mm. But with Miami, this is what's interesting about this team. In each of the different rounds of the playoffs for them, in the Eastern Conference playoffs, they've had somebody different lead the team in scoring. In the first round, it was Goran Dragic. What? Jimmy Butler led the team 
in the semis. Bam Adebayo led the team in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, Aji, they're the fifth NBA team to do this, to reach the finals and have a different leading scorer in each of the first three rounds. Each of those other four teams who did that won the NBA title. <laughs> That's so good. Miami can have different guys really step up and, and do things. Goran Dragic, talk about rolling back the clock. Here's a guy that's that's playing out of his mind. Jimmy Butler's playing great. Bam Adebayo is is young and a rising superstar. Uh, but they also have other guys that are they're playing great basketball right now. Jay Crowder, and then these young guys that you talked about, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Um, so that that's a team that doesn't get enough credit for what they're doing and what Eric Spolster has molded. You know, this team that uh, plays really unselfish, plays aggressive defense, and has some borrowed elements of Golden State. Now, we haven't really, we don't really think of Miami as this great three-point offensive powerhouse. But with their ball movement and their cutting and uh, still having guys that can hit the three, this is going to be a really fun matchup between them and the Lakers. A couple other blow your mind stats. Before we get to those, can we just give credit to what Mike Malone and this Denver Nuggets squad did? Only 12 times before did a team come back from 3-1 deficit in NBA history uh, and uh, forced to a Game 7, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And the what, Cavaliers beat the Warriors and won it in the 16 finals. But in this, the Nuggets did it twice. I mean, since August 25th, they've had to take their bags, give them to the Bell guy, and say, hey, hold on to these in case we have to go. And the Bell guy would come back and return the bags to him since August 25th, Eric. And they just kept coming back, taking their bags, repacking them, coming back and doing it again. And, I mean, we just – people are going to talk about the Lakers and Heat matchup. They should. But we have to give so much credit to what Jamal Murray, Jokic, and this this squad did because it was impressive. Yeah, that's that Denver Nuggets team, I failed to give them enough credit during the regular season, even when the Jazz were playing them yeah. in, the, in the playoffs. Uh, that that's a that's a it's a good basketball team uh, with some great young rising talent. They're going to be tough for the Jazz to contend with. Uh, I still, even though they beat the Jazz in seven, I still would like to see the Jazz face them again in the playoffs. Hmm. Really, especially if they can get Boyan back. Just how much of a difference that would make. A couple quick stats for you before we go to break. Miami Heat are heading to the NBA Finals again. And Bam Bam was the fourth player in Heat history with a 30-10-5 and in a playoff game, joining LeBron James, who did it 10 times, Dwayne Wade, who did it three times, and Shaquille O'Neal, who did it once. Speaking of Shaquille O'Neal, here's an absurd stat that you shouldn't even know about. This is credit to ESPN Radio. I tweeted this out. Since 1984, every NBA Finals that's been completed, Eric, since 1984, every NBA Finals that's been completed has represented a player on either team that has played at some point of their career with Shaquille O'Neal. What? Since 1984? Since 1984, every NBA Finals that has been completed has represented on at least one team, at least one player that has played at some point of their career with Shaquille O'Neal. Wow. Wow. So for Miami, is that uh, Udonis Haslam? That'd be Udonis Haslam. This guy's been there forever. For the Lakers, it'd be Rajah Rondo. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> that's 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 bonkers to me. That is absolutely crazy. And by the way, Iguodala six straight finals for him. And since 2010, either the Heat or the Warriors up to now 
have been in the NBA Finals. So, wow. So much for parody. Well, and you know, well, LeBron James. This is what his tenth out of eleven years. Or no, I mean tenth out of yeah eleven because he missed last year. Otherwise, he's been in the finals since then. Uh, insane. Four with the Heat, four with the Cavs, right? Uh, or five. We have four with the Heat. Was it five with the Cavs or four with the Cavs? Four with the Cavs. Or is this his ninth in ten years that he's been to the finals? I have to dig that up. I have to look that up again. No, Either I- way. He, in and of himself, is a dynasty. In uh, itself. You, you talk yeah, about, that's a great point. You talk about teams and you know how do you clarify a, a dynasty. The Spurs were kind of a dynasty team mm, for a while there. Yes. Uh, we talk about the Patriots as a dynasty team in the NFL for how many times they've gone to the Super Bowl. They don't always win it, but they've gone a lot of times, and they've won their fair share. LeBron James, in and of himself, is a dynasty because uh, he's been there with the, the Cavaliers multiple times in round one early in his career. They went to Miami, went there a few more times, went back again when he was in Cleveland, and uh, now he's taken the Lakers. So uh, it's incredible what that guy has done in his NBA career. Absolutely astounding. And the thing is, does is, he surpass Michael Jordan if he wins yes. as the goat? Oh yes, yes. And I some am, people are saying and, no, no, still no, no, no. I mean, look, I'm the most diehard loyal Michael Jordan guy there is out there in cards of you know who's the goat. You're talking about a guy who took the Cleveland Cavaliers to the finals in 07, left Cleveland, Cleveland became a dumpster fire, went to the Heat, and then took them to four straight finals. Four straight finals and won two of them. Left the Heat, the Heat became a dumpster fire, goes to the Cavaliers, resurrects them, wins a championship coming down 3-1 to the best team in NBA history, wins a championship with them, and now has went to the Lakers, who, after losing Kobe, were an absolute crap show, and has brought them to the NBA finals. I, I don't know what else you want him to do. At this point, if he wins this one, he's got my vote. The only thing is that when he went to Miami, he was able to bring some of the best players with him to sure. Miami. Dwayne and Chris Bosch, Mike Miller, sure. When he left Miami to go back to Cleveland, he was able to bring or uh, be a part of some other great players. Kyrie, Kevin Love. Yes. And now when he goes to L.A., he's brought another top-level all-NBA player to come with him. And that's a great point, but Eric, when LeBron wasn't there, did Kyrie and Kevin Love go to an NBA Finals? Well, Kevin Love wasn't there. Kevin Love was in Minnesota. Kevin Love came to Cleveland to be with LeBron and Kyrie. Do you think they still go to the NBA Finals without LeBron James? No. No, I I don't. And I think, I know what you're, the point that you're making. He is the difference maker. Yeah. Um, but the difference between him and Michael Jordan is that the team was built around Michael, mm-hmm. and he stayed there, mm-hmm. and he continued to win with what was there with him. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Um, the, I guess the big difference is this: Michael Jordan 2.0 was that they were able to bring in Dennis Rodman specifically for that defensive and rebounding presence. They brought yeah. in some specific players to help him. But here's the thing: is is that Kevin Love is a bigger sidekick than Dennis Rodman is. Because Kevin Love can shoot a three, he can play defense, he's got great... I mean, Dennis Rodman was lucky to hit the broadside of a barn at the free throw line with nobody guarding him. He did have Scottie Pippen, absolutely. Steve Kerr was very much past his prime when he was there. Um, I would still put Michael... And, and that's a great point you bring up. I would, In that regard, I'd still put Michael Jordan number one. But again, the guy... 
Like wherever he goes, he touches the finals. That's I mean, whatever yeah. he brings in is gold. That's absolutely you can't take that away from LeBron James. Everywhere he's been, he has been in the finals. <laughs> That's nuts, man. He has gotten his teams to the finals. Every era he's been a part of, he's been in the finals at least once. Cleveland in his first time there. Miami, of course, the four times. Back with Cleveland, went back again to the finals. Then goes to LA and says, Let's go to the finals. This is it's unreal. After the two years and when his contract is up. Dude, he could easily be considered the greatest of all time. Easily. Uh, Eric, let's And take- the Lakers are the odds-on favorites going into this by pretty healthy margin, See, which that's I think unreal. is disrespectful Yeah, to I do too. For what Miami's done, remember, as you, as you mentioned, Eric, they didn't just beat the Indiana Pacers and the Milwaukee Bucks. They smoked them and left them in the rearview mirror well after game two. Well after game two. That series was over very early for both of them. And then, they, of course, they beat a very good Boston Celtics team. Who, by the way, has a lot of questions to answer coming up here in the offseason because that's got to be really frustrating for them. One last thing about LeBron James. Please, yes. This is according to Elias Sports. He is the he has the best record by a player in NBA postseason history when it comes to closeout games. What is it? He is 38-10. and 10. <laughs> That's nearly an 80%. Winning percentage in closeout games. <laughs> he is the first player to reach the finals with five different head coaches in NBA history. It's say what you want about his personality, yeah. his politics, his antics off the court. You can't take away from the guy's success at the type of gamer he is. Ike, he took. I want to add on to that coaching part. He took Tyrone Lue to the NBA Finals. Let that marinate. Let that marinate in your head for a little bit. That's unreal. All right, let's go to break. Coming back, we're going to talk some MLB baseball. What does the wild or what does the wild card look like? It's all coming up next. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric France and AJ Salveson here. We go from the hardwood to the green grass. From the bubble to the open fields, to the field of dreams. MLB playoffs begin tomorrow. Uh, they actually begin in early. the early afternoon. Yeah, we start at 12 o'clock with the AL wild card and then move on to the NL stuff on Wednesday. So let's start here, Eric. Uh, we'll look at the uh, seedings really quickly and the matchups, and we'll just go one by one. Uh, tomorrow, by the way, you'll have Houston and Minnesota. That's 12 p.m. on ABC. Chicago at Oakland. That's at 1 p.m. and that's on ESPN. TBS. We'll have Toronto at Tampa Bay, while New York at Cleveland at 5 p.m. on ESPN. Again, those are tomorrow's AL Wild Card games. All those times are Mountain Times. Eric, we'll start with the AL number one Rays versus the number eight Blue Jays. This is a ho hum kind of a game. I would, I would assume a ho hum kind of a series. Again, all these series are best of three, uh, but this should be a clean sweep. Before we get into the games individually, can I just say I love that we have more teams participating. I think this is good for baseball. I like the expanded playoff. Why, though? Isn't there too many teams already? No, I think it's okay. Um, you know, and Major League Baseball needs more more games on TV right now. They need more revenue. <laughs> <laughs> they need more opportunities. So, first of all, I like the expanded playoffs. Um, but getting back to the Tampa Bay and uh, um, Toronto series... I feel bad for the Blue Jays. This is a team that has basically had a year on the road. Mm-hmm. They haven't been able to play in their home arena. They haven't been able to sleep in their own beds for the last several months. They're playing their baseball in Buffalo. 
And Tampa Bay has just looked really good all year. I mean, they've been a really solid, very well-balanced team all year long. I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be a Tampa sweep. I do too. I just I I think the Rays they're the most balanced team in the AL. They have great pitching. They have great hitting one through nine. It's all been consistent. Their bullpen's been good. Uh, I mean, even through a couple of dicey situations towards the end of the uh, towards the end of the season, uh, they, they used very little bullpen and they were still able to get out of it pretty clean. So I got Tampa Bay in a route over the Blue Jays. Uh, Athletics are the two seed versus Chicago White Sox. Um, Eric, you know when I talked to you before about this series. Uh, you were telling me this one is about as 50-50 as it gets. Tell us why. Well, I I think that um, you just look at the different things that they have going for them. This, the, the, the ability to hit the long ball. Um, I, I, there's a lot of things that I just, I have a hard time picking this series. I really do. Just of how well they played, how, the different moments of the season – They've had hot streaks where nobody's been able to touch them. And then they've had moments where, eh, I don't know about this team. So I have a hard time picking this one, Ajay. Yeah, this one's a little bit more difficult for me as well. But I still feel like the A's have got that bullpen. In fact, uh, it was a sub 2.50 bullpen with the ERA. Uh, they had the, one of the best closures in the league in, in Liam Hendricks. Um, but that, that rotation is more... Uh, it, it's more competent than it is spectacular. They're not going to wow you or anything. It's just going to get you through your games. That's well, all you're asking for. Yeah, and I think this A's team has had lots of moments where they've they've looked like, just historically in the last several years here, they looked like, hey, we're going to have a good team here. We'll get to the playoffs. We're going to make things right. We're going to do it right. And then they just fade in the, in the postseason. Uh, I think this White Sox team is a young team that's kind of exceeding some expectations. They've had some games where they've hit the ball They've hit more home runs than anybody during certain stretch of the season, and they had the long ball working in their favor. But again, that's a younger team that may not have that experience when they get to the postseason. So that's why it's such a toss-up for me uh, in this series. Three versus five is Twins versus Astros. The Astros, ever since they lost the help of anybody who is banging garbage cans or whistling at them, have seen <laughs> their batting averages decline immensely. Meanwhile, this Twins team has been rolling as of late, Eric. Uh, this could be an interesting three-game series. I don't call it a gimme for the Twins, though. I don't either. I think that the Astros have a lot of things going against them. You know, the Justin Verlander injury, he's out for the year because he's going to have Tommy John surgery. Uh, as you mentioned, their batting averages are lower pretty much across the board for this Houston team. But despite all of that, they're still in the playoffs. They're still a, a good enough team with still some good pitching, and they still have some guys that we think can still hit well without the aid of... Uh, video cameras and banging on uh, garbage cans. Um, so I, I think they have that potential to get it clicking at the right time to be a, a, a dangerous team that could surprise some teams in the playoffs. But in the end, I think it's Minnesota's series to lose. Uh, I think that kind of like the A's, Minnesota has that potential to get to the playoffs and then they fade when they get there. The thing about the Twins pitching, or excuse me, about the Astros hitting, especially last year in the playoffs, is when they had a guy, or at least guys, on scoring position, they were able to come through. Keynote, that when there is a runner on third base with fewer than two outs this year, the Twins have been able to strike that batter out 30% of the time, which, by the way, is the best in baseball. 
Uh, twins uh, will be facing Zach Greinke. And of course, Zach had a great start, and then he gave up three runs in each of his final seven starts. He had a 5.73 ERA. Hitters were going 321 and slugged 536 against uh, Greinke. It's just, if he throws his fastball, Twins will time him, and this guy's going to be having a very early shower. He's going to have to keep him off balance, especially when the Twins are not good breaking ball hitters. Do your research. Yeah, there you go. Nice. Uh, uh, Indians and Yankees, four versus five matchup. Boy, look, the Yankees and the Bronx Bombers, when they have their bats going, are about as unbeatable as it gets. The problem is, is that this Indians pitching staff is one of the best, not only just the AL, but also in the league too. Yeah, elite pitching. Um, I think uh, they've got one of the the best. No, they are the best in the American League with uh, keeping players off of. You know, coming across home plate, and, uh, allowing fewest runs than anybody else. So they've got one of the best pitching staffs in uh, in the American League, which really could be the big difference overall in this whole playoff situation. Because there's not going to be as many off days. There are no travel days. So whomever has the best pitching rotation, whoever has the deepest bullpen, whoever can manage that the best, uh, could be the the real difference across whatever uh, division you're looking at in in these uh, playoffs. So. This Cleveland team has the pitching, but the real question for them is, do they have the offense? Can they score enough runs? Or are they going to have to rely solely on uh, what happens on the mound uh, and just just do enough to get by? Indians are a good small ball team, but their long ball has been very uh, stagnant. And in fact, it's actually disappeared in the last part of the season. They rank just 26th in the majors in isolated power. Here's the caveat to that, though, Eric. The Yankee pitchers have gave up 83 home runs, which is the fifth worst in the majors and the most of any playoff team. Uh, so, and led by Garrett Cole, this pitching staff is going to have to be better and not just yank one down the middle to play for a guy to groove over, you know, 470-something feet. Should be a good series, though, between the Indians and Yankees. Again, that's a 4-5 matchup. Okay, so in the American League, Tampa Bay, Toronto. Who you like in Tampa Bay in two. I'm with you. Okay. Um, let's go to Oakland and Chicago. Oh, man. Okay, so again, like you, it's a, it's a flip of the coin, but just for bias reasons, I want to see the A's move on. I'd love to see the A's get through it and win a final game of the year for once. So I got the A's. Uh, I think it's in three, though. I think it goes three, but I, as much as I hate picking the White Sox. You're not going to. I'm going to pick Stop it. Chicago. Stop it. In this one. I just think their offense is going to overpower Oakland. Twins, Astros? Um, I, I think that the Twins get this one. This could be a really interesting series, but I think the Twins get it. I think it'll go three. Three, me too. Yep. I got Twins in three. And then, the, of course, the Indians and Yankees. I like oh. Indians in three, but man, I don't feel confident in saying that at all. I either. have a hard time with this one. I think I'm going to go New York. I think I've got two upsets in the in the American League with New York oh. and uh, Chicago. All right, on to the NL side. The number one seeded and best record in the league, the Los Angeles Dodgers take on the Milwaukee Brewers. I feel like we just push rewind and hit play again. For every Dodgers season that we go through, Eric, they finish with the best record, but then when it comes to the playoff time, they just can't get the job done. Whether you want to blame Clayton Kershaw or whoever else, this team continues to struggle. The difference this year, though, is a guy named Mookie Betts and that this lineup looks like powerful one through nine. The run differential for these guys is off the charts. I mean, they score more runs than anybody. Uh, they also hold more people uh, at bay. Um, in the National League, they're the best. Um, they allowed fewer runs than anybody else. They scored more runs than anybody else. Uh, it's a plus 136 Oof. on differential. The go. next closest is the Padres, who are plus 84. And that's across all of baseball. So that this team has great pitching. They've got great offense. 
But you're right. The the storyline for Los Angeles is great regular season. What are you going to do to finish it out? Exactly. What have you done for me lately? In fact, hey, by the way, just a bit of ironic. Uh, the Houston Astros got into the playoffs courtesy of the Los Angeles Dodgers taking uh, the Angels behind the woodshed. That's what clinched the Houston Astros a spot in the playoffs. Thank you, Dodgers. Uh, speaking of what you've done for me lately, Atlanta Braves are the two seed. My Atlanta Braves are in the two seed, and they face off against the Cincinnati Reds. No Cole Hamels, but yet this pitching staff has been very good. Freddie Freeman has been as best as he possibly could in his career thus far. I think he is the top MVP candidate in the NL. I honestly do. That's hmm. not being biased. His numbers speak for itself, especially in the second half of the portion of this shortened season. A lineup that's been consistent one through five Six through nine has been through, been a bit questionable for me. I kind of wonder about this Braves offense, but not against the Cincinnati Reds. Um, I think Cincinnati's just been a uh, hard to figure out team to some degree. Uh, they they give up about as much as they gain whenever they play somebody, and so it's hard to know what you're going to get from Cincinnati from game mm, to game. Good point. Uh, I think Atlanta takes care of business in, in this series. It's just. What happens to Atlanta down the line? Kind of like the Dodgers. Great, you're there, but how far are you going to go? Uh, when is it? At what point do you fall apart? I think that's the question for Atlanta. Trevor Bauer has led the Reds. He's been absolutely spectacular as of late. Uh, the thing is, is though, if he throws his fastball and becomes predictable, the Braves will absolutely eat him alive. The Braves are the best fastball hitting team in the NL right now, as we speak. So, in fact, they're actually batting. Uh, they're assuming their slugging percentage is five twenty-five off of fastballs which is saying a lot in itself. Uh, we'll go to the uh, next one. The Cubs are your, th- uh, your three seed. Your Cubs, excuse me, versus the Marlins. Eric, the last time the Miami Marlins played the Cubs at Wrigley Field in the playoffs, this can bring some bad memories, Steve Bartman, oh, that seven-game series. Don't, no. Give me a yuck. Those have been erased from memory. <laughs> those have been erased from the history of all time. Like it doesn't exist. And by the way, the Miami Marlins were a wild card team getting into that playoff group. So here we are repeating history 17 years later. Eric, I still feel like the Cubs, especially with the big three of Rizzo, even an unhealthy Bryant and Javier Baez, should be able to take care of business versus the Marlins team who is in the lower, if not bottom, category of nearly every major goal, major statistical category, both in hitting and in pitching. Yeah, I, I like the Cubs in this series. I do have questions about their health. I think that this this team does have some really good bats. Uh, I think that they've they've shored up their pitching this year. Um, I, I think they take care of the Marlins. My biggest question is how deep does Chicago go? Can they get past Atlanta in the next round? I don't know. That's a real great question. I think that Chicago has more experience and maybe a little bit more depth, but Atlanta's got some great young talent that they've got some momentum on their side. So... I really don't know in the next round what to predict. I think Chicago takes care of Miami, but I just don't know how deep they'll go. And then, of course, the final uh, game of this NL wild card will be the number four Padres versus the number five Cardinals. Look, if you, as a Braves fan, if you want to know anything about the Cardinals, know this, that they show up in the playoffs and they do it with the most random people on the planet. In 2006, the NLCS MVP was Jeff Sapon. And then he was also, the, or excuse me, and the World Series MVP was David Eckstein. In 11, it was David Fries who took on both of those awards. And in 13, the NLCS MVP was Michael Waka. So what I'm trying to tell you is brace for it because you don't know who the heck's going to come out of that clubhouse and just shine in front of the lights and maybe pull off a major upset. The St. Louis Cardinals program and franchise is just, they're a winning program. Uh, winning is is a big part of their DNA. 
as much as they're big rivals against the Chicago Cubs, this is a team that has won multiple World Series. They find ways to win. They dig in and they play hard. Uh, it's hard to always count them out. However, that being said, <laughs> I'm going to go with the San Diego Padres in this matchup because I think San Diego has a lot more momentum on their side. They've got a lot of energy there. They've got a lot of mojo. Their their bats are popping like crazy. Well, we all know that that grand slam streak they had in the regular season uh, for a stretch there. They, they're scoring a lot of runs. They score way more runs than St. Louis does. They give up about a similar number of runs on defense. Uh, St. Louis does have probably better pitching. I will give them that. But I just think that San Diego offense is just going to be too much. Yeah, led by Eric Hosmer and Fernando Tatis Jr. Even though they're in a minor slump right now to go into the playoffs, I think they get the ship right. I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, but, Eric, with that, this series is going three. I, I think it will. I think it will be a fun series. I think it will be perhaps one of the most entertaining in the National League. Uh, but I, I've got San Diego in three. I swear you're just doing that because you're a Cubs guy. I swear you're doing that by <laughs> Cubs guy. Okay, just really quickly, again, tomorrow's games. Houston, Minnesota's at 12 p.m. These times are all mountain. ABC, Chicago versus Oakland, 1 p.m. on ESPN. Toronto, Tampa Bay, 3 p.m. on TBS. And New York and Cleveland, 5 p.m. on ESPN. On the NL side, that will be not be till Wednesday. Cincinnati, Atlanta at 10 a.m. Get up and have your eggs and pancakes. Piss and baseball, that will be on ESPN. Miami at Chicago at noon on ABC. Uh, St. Louis and San Diego will be at 3 p.m. on ESPN2. And, of course, the nightcapper will be the Dodgers hosting the Milwaukee Brewers. That will be at 8 p.m. on ESPN. By the way, did you give a prediction uh, on – you did about the Braves, right? Did we miss one prediction? I swear we did. I think it's going to be the Braves. I think it'll be Chicago. Okay. I think it'll be San Diego and L.A. Okay, so I've got all I'm those. Going, I got, I'm going chalk. I got St. Louis beating San Diego. Hmm. They just find a way every freaking playoffs to do it, and they've done it in my Braves three times. I'm bitter about it, but it's just it just annoys me. Yeah, I got two upsets in the East, but I'm going straight chalk in the or in the East. I've got two upsets in the American League, and I'm going straight chalk in the National League. But I like the I like this expanded playoffs. I think it'll be fun. Uh, you know, the, this uh, wild card will be in home venues, and then everybody goes to the the bubble, and uh, that could be really interesting to see how it plays out. Less travel. Uh, but no downtime, so how you manage your pitching and pitching counts, that's going to be the real intriguing part to watch for this uh, playoffs in Major League Baseball. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be good. I'm just glad to have playoff baseball back. It's a good time to be a uh, sports fan. It's a good time to be doing sports radio. So we'll go from there. Uh, all right. Well, Eric, uh, we'll uh, come back with uh, more of the Full Court Press. We'll wrap it up and call it a night here on 106.9 The Fan. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. All right, a big thanks to Eric France for joining me there on the uh, recorded two segments that we had. Uh, we, we did get a text from 2776 who says, Ajay's new favorite team, the Nuggets, that is, I uh, no, I am not a Nuggets fan, absolutely not. But I was darn impressed with them. I mean, come on, right? Twice down three games to one, and twice they come back to win it. Not just the, I mean, and they were down double digits to the Jazz, to the Clippers three times, and they still came back and won those games. So no, it's not my new favorite team. Mm-mm. Nope, nope, nope. Two seven seven six. I ain't gonna let you do that. But. I was very, very impressed with them. 
Uh, Piranhas also tweeting. Good to hear from Piranhas as well. We appreciate uh, him tweeting in. Uh, he says, uh, Ajay, come on. MJ will always be the GOAT. LeBron is a crybaby who needs help with whatever team he joins. True, but and then I, I replied saying, hey, he still gets to the ship. He says, doesn't matter. He doesn't have what it takes to win. MJ was 6-0 and in the finals. It's a great point you bring it up. 6-0, and by the way, against all Hall of Famers, and as Piranhas points out, didn't ever need a Game 7 to do it. On that note, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Good night, everybody.